Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme arinal hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'a. Ve arinal batla batlan varzukna ictinaba. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yassirli amri ve hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bede Özzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, a rough translation of the text that we will be reading will be posted at this website. You just need to click podcasts, then flashes, then the 25th flash and scroll down to episode 9. We will continue reading the 25th flash. It is a message to the sick. It is about how to make the best out of sicknesses and tribulations, afflictions more broadly. We should remember that all affairs of a believer are good. When he is faced with blessings in a time of ease, he pays gratitude to his Lord. He is grateful in a state of contentment and, and gratitude. And therefore he acquires spiritual rewards that is good for him. When he is in a state of troubles and tribulation, he shows patience, does not complain about his Lord. And again, he acquires spiritual rewards. And therefore that is good for him. So that is the basic principle that we are following here. And we are trying to see the good in every state, every situation, even if it is a time of trouble and tribulation, we are trying to find out ways to make the best out of it. The 25th flash is composed of remedies, small sections, each, each of them are called remedies. And we read through the 19th, we are inshallah continuing with the 20th remedy. Bismillah, Yirminci Deva, the 20th remedy. Ey derdine derman arayan hasta. Hastalık iki kısımdır. Bir kısmı hakiki, bir kısmı vehmidir. Oh, the sick person who is looking for a cure for his sickness. Now, you are sick. And of course, you are looking for a cure. You want to be cured. So where are you going to look for that cure? What is the best way to identify the cure for your sickness? Sickness is of two types. One is real, the other is delusional. The word that I've translated as delusional here is a bit difficult to, to translate perfectly. It is wham. So we can think of it as obsessive delusional thought, but that's a very long phrase. Therefore, we will use delusion unless adding the word obsessive is also important and uh, necessary for the context. So, there are two types of sicknesses, Ustad Nursi says. One is real. You are actually sick. You are afflicted with something. You have a virus in your body. You have a microbe in your body. You have a inflammation, so on and so forth. The other is delusional. The other is not real, but it is something that your mind 
is bringing to you. It is perhaps a trick of your mind. Hakiki kısmı ise Şafi Hakimi Zulcelal küreyi arz olan eczahane-i kübrasında her derde bir deva istifetmiş. O devalar ise dertleri isterler. Her derde bir derman halk etmiştir. Tedavi için ilaçları almak, istimal etmek meşrudur. Fakat tesiri ve şifayı Cenab-ı Hak'tan bilmek gerekir. Derdi o verdiği gibi şifayı da o veriyor. Now first the real type of sickness. As for the real type, the majestic and all-wise healer. And of course this is God. Healer is one of God's names. Ashafia, right? And then all-wise, Hakim. He creates things with a purpose and in the larger scheme of the creation, everything is connected to one another through these wisdoms through these purposes everything serves everything and he is the one who is the architect of that matrix of wisdoms so he is the all-wise healer he is the shafi and he is wise he created many things many things that serve many purposes and and one of the purposes of many things that are spread around is healing he put his healing in things for instance quinine helps with yellow fever so he put the healing for yellow fever in quinine and the wisdom in the creation of the, of quinine or one of the wisdoms in the creation of quinine is that that it helps with the treatment of yellow fever so as for the real type the majestic and all-wise healer has stored up a remedy for every affliction in his great pharmacy, which is the sphere of the earth. On the face of the earth, in the mountains, in the mines, in the plains, many places we, we keep searching for them. God has stored up a remedy for every affliction. Those remedies call for afflictions. For those remedies to be able to fulfill their functions, there has to be afflictions. He has created a cure for every affliction. There is nothing, no affliction for which there is not a cure, but we need to look for it. We need to search for it and find it and use it. And in that process, we recognize the wisdom and healing of our Lord. He has created a cure for every affliction. It is licit to obtain and use medicines for therapy. So it's okay. It is okay to obtain and use medicines for therapy. But it is necessary to know that effect and healing is from the sublime real, is from God. So we don't say, uh, I'm sick, but I expect the healing from my Lord and therefore I will not take medicine. Now, there have been saints of God, Gnostics, who have said that. Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, a Siddiq, the voracious, is said to have refused to be seen by a physician. He was sick. They brought the physician. And he said, who are you? He said, I'm the physician. And he said, the, the, the physician made me sick. I, God made me sick. I'm leaving my affairs to God. But, but. He is Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. 
is or was in the state of sadiqiyah, veracity. In that state, a person can truly not see the causes as means. He only sees God. And that's, that's a difficult place to be. Not everybody can be in that place. People can be in that state, you know, for a moment, for a, you know, for, for a short period of time. But for someone to be in that state all through, that might be dangerous too. So Abu Bakr radiallahu he was spe special. And some uh, slaves of God are special. But we do not pretend to not see the causes and therefore say, I expect from God. No, if we are not in that state, we say, Okay, it is listed to obtain and use medicines for therapy, but we need to use our intellect and to know that effect and healing is from the sublime real. When we take the medicine, we do so as a form of supplication in the way that we raise our hands and, and ask for healing from God. And this is a form of supplication. We go to the uh, physician, we get the prescription, we go to the pharmacy, we purchase the medicine, we take it and we, cons we you know, I don't know, let's say a pill, we swallow it. And we do that as a form of supplication, as our way of asking God for his healing. We do not assume that the healing is in the pill. It is not in the pill. It is from our Lord, but our Lord gives healing through the pill. He makes it a means, a veil, a veil before his dignity and tremendousness. But we know that he is majestic and he is the one and there is no one who has any effect in reality other than him. All effect is from him. Therefore, we say the healing is from the sublime real. As he is the one who gives affliction, he is the one who gives healing too. Now, this is the first type of sickness. Ustad Nursi outlined for us what the etiquette is when in, in, in looking for a cure for our material sickness. One is real, that is the material sickness. The majestic and all-wise healer has stored up a remedy for every affliction in his great pharmacy, which is, which is the sphere of the earth. Those remedies call for afflictions. He has created a cure for every affliction. It is listed to obtain and use medicines for therapy, but it is necessary to know that effect and healing is from the sublime real. As he is the one who gives affliction, he is the one who gives healing too. Hazık mütedeyyin hekimlerin tavsiyelerini tutmak ehemmiyetli bir ilaçtır. Following the recommendations of competent and pious physicians is a significant medicine. So now here there are two important criteria that are introduced. We follow the advice of recommendations of physicians, but that physician should be first competent, should know what he is doing, should know medicine. We don't go, you know, follow every quack. And second, he should be a religious, a pious person. He should be able to judge, right? Because we sometimes medication 
uh, or treatment requires things that would otherwise not be illicit he should be able to judge the weight of the treatment that is required or or recommended and the weight of the religious obligation that is going to be overridden so he should be competent and pious and following the recommendations of competent and pious physicians is an important a consequential medicine çünkü ekser hastalıklar suistimalattan perhesizlikten ve israftan ve hatiattan ve safahetten ve dikkatsizlikten geliyor Mütedeyyin hekim elbette meşru bir dairede nasihat eder, nasihat eder ve vesayada bulunur. Su'i istimalattan, israfattan men eder, teselli verir. Hasta o vesaya ve o teselliye itimat edip hastalığı hafifleşir, sıkıntı yerinden bir ferahlık verir. Following the recommendations of competent and pious physicians is a significant medicine. Because most sicknesses come from abuses, lack of proper diet, wastefulness, mistakes, dissipation, and carelessness. So, in most cases, we call the sickness onto ourselves. Sometimes, God gives the sickness as a measure of trial or as a measure to of elevation, you know, and so on and so forth. But, but in many cases, we call the sickness onto ourselves because we do not follow the rules of what we call Sharia taqwini, the Sharia of the creation, in the way that there is a Sharia tashri, in the way that there is a Sharia, a divine law that God legislated through His Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and conveyed to us in the Quran and a model of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we are obliged to follow the rulings the norms principles rulings regulations obligations and proscriptions of that law god has instituted a law into his creation through causes and effects and we are also obligated to follow that divine law the the law of creation if you take a sharp knife and press your hand onto it, it cuts. The rule here is that if you press your hand onto a sharp knife, it cuts and it hurts. The punishment is that it hurts. The rule is that if you press it cuts, the punishment is, is, is that it hurts and it may cause other uh, problems too. So sometimes, sometimes we do not follow the rules of this creational law and we fall into abuses we don't follow a proper diet we eat a lot we become gluttonous we we waste things we waste our health we waste our energy we make mistakes various mistakes like we eat something that we should not be eating we uh, go to go to a place where we should not be going to and we are exposed to you know viruses and of course this is a very important thing to take into consideration under the circumstances that we are living now there's a pandemic there's a contagion and people need to be you know secluding themselves and you know do, doing social distancing and so on and so forth these are all parts of this law of creation and we should not fall into mistakes here also dissipation carelessness right these are all mistakes that we fall into and as a result of that we get sick a pious physician will of course give recommendations and instructions within the circle of that which is licit 
since this is the case, since there are so many um, traps that we may fall, so many mistakes that we may make, we need advice, we need recommendation, we need guidance. But the guidance should be coming from a pious physician who gives us recommendations and instructions within the circle of that which is licit. He forbids abuses and wastefulness and offers consolation. The sick person trusts those instructions and consolation and his sickness becomes lighter. This replaces distress with a kind of joy. So a kind of joy comes instead of distress. Now here an important uh, concept that Ustad Nursi brought up is consolation that the pious doctor gives. And that connects us to the second part of the remedy, which is about delusional sicknesses, the second type of uh, sickness. A sick person needs consolation. If you go to the person and stock up his, his uh, anxiety, of course he is going to become even sicker. You try to show a sick person the bright side of things. You don't lie to the sick person, but you try to show the sick person the good in what he or she is going through. And there is always good in what we are going through for a believer, especially for a believer, for everybody, but especially for a believer, there is always good. Amma vehmi hastalık kısmı ise onun en müessir ilacı ehemmiyet vermemektir. As for the delusional type of sickness, the most effective medicine for it is not to pay attention to it, not to give importance to it. If you take it seriously, if you give a lot of importance to it, if you pay too much attention to it, right? Stadnosi says, if one pays attention, it grows and inflates. It grows and inflates. It is fed. Your attention, your attention is what feeds it. If you have um, plants that you want to grow, what do you do? You water them, you give them sunshine, you give them a nutritious soil. All of these things, uh, all of these things contribute to their growth, right? So the sunshine, the water, water, the nutrition that a delusional type of sickness needs is a person's attention. The more attention it receives, the more it grows. And the second word Ustad Nusi uses here is also important. The more it inflates. It is, it is hollow. It is empty. There is nothing in it. But it is like a balloon that keeps inflating and inflating and therefore takes up space. It has volume. It does not have mass, but it has volume. And that volume, well, actually has an effect. It has consequences. Ehemmiyet vermezse küçülür, dağılır. If one pays attention, it grows and inflates. If one does not pay attention, it becomes smaller and dissipates. Nasıl ki arılara iliştikçe insanın başına üşüşürler. Aldırmazsan dağılırlar. Hem karanlıkta gözüne sallanan bir ipten gelen bir hayali ehemmiyet verdikçe büyür. Hatta bazen onu divane gibi kaçırır. Ehemmiyet vermezse adi bir ipin yılan olmadığını görür, başındaki telaşına güler. Now here Ustad Nursi is going to provide some examples for us so that we understand this principle better. In the way that the more bees are bothered, the more they swarm around a person. Yet they disperse if you don't bother with them. Right? You, you go your way and they will go their way. You are not of concern to them. 
they are looking for the flowers they are looking for for the pollen they are looking for their beehive to go back whatever they are looking for they are not looking for you they are not interested in you as long as you don't bother them they will not bother you so just walk by don't pay attention or as the image of a piece of rope dangling before your eye in darkness grows as you pay attention to it and sometimes it even scares a person away like a lunatic yet if that person does not pay attention he notices that an ordinary piece of rope is not a snake and laughs at the anxiety that his mind produces we are enemies too and anxious about and apprehensive about that which we do not know in darkness imagine looking in a in a well-lighted room looking out through a window at night in the dark you don't see what is behind the, the glass but you know that whatever is behind the glass is seeing you so if you do this as a thought exercise if you keep thinking about so what might be behind this pain uh, is, is there something dangerous right and your imagination and your delusion well again is the word here your delusion will fire up and will start producing things if you are in the darkness and there is a rope dangling from the ceiling somewhere and Satnusi pro probably you know had this experience that's why he's telling us although he says that he he never experienced fear uh you know, he might have seen other people experience this kind of fear this might have been an incident in the dark there is a rope that's dangling from the air you see it perhaps it, you you see it every day too and you don't pay attention to it you just pass by but you see it and all of a sudden it comes to your mind that what is this perhaps you even know that it is the rope but the delusion does not listen to it delusion fires up and starts saying can it be a snake and then it starts whispering whispering whispering whispering if you pay attention that delusion keeps growing and growing and scares you and then you end up running away yet if he does not pay attention he notices that an ordinary piece of rope so you just walk by and then your delusion is not able to play its tricks on you anymore and your intellect is now effective you connected in your brain with the with the intellect and you say you you now think okay i know that it's a rope it's not a snake and the fact that i was at least like for a moment apprehensive about it that is funny and laughs at the anxiety that his mind produces so these are the examples. Bu vehmi hastalık çok devam etse hakikate inkılap eder. Likewise, like the way you, if you pay attention to the bees, the bees bother you. If you pay attention to that dangling piece of rope, it grows in your imagination, right? Likewise, if delusional sickness continues for too long, i.e. if you are obsessed with the idea of sickness, if you are paying too much attention, if delusional sickness continues for too long it becomes real it was not real but you are so anxious about it you are so stressed out about it that you are suppressing your immune system and you are weakening your body overall and you are strengthening those mechanisms in your body that actually attack you or may attack you and if therefore if this delusional sickness continues for too long it becomes real it inflates grows inflates and takes up volume and starts affecting you in reality veham ve asabi insanlarda fena bir hastalıktır habbeyi kubbe yapar kuvve-i maneviyesi kırılır 
hususan merhametsiz yarım hekimlere veyahut insafsız doktorlara rast gelse evhamını daha ziyade tahrik eder, zengin ise malı gider, yoksa ya aklı gider veya sıhhati gider. It is a terrible sickness that obsessively delusional and nervous people have that they make a mountain out of a molehill and their morale collapses. Sometimes we call the sickness of sickness. The person has a sickness of the thought of sickness. It is a terrible sickness, right? They make a mountain out of a molehill. Like wake up in the morning and perhaps you didn't drink enough water and your face is a bit dry and therefore a bit pale. You look at the mirror and, oh my God, I'm pale. What, what will happen to me? Am I getting sick? How am I going to do this if I get sick? How, how, how, how, that, how will that turn out if I get sick? And if I can't go to the work today, what will I? All these thoughts start swarming the way bees swarm around a person, right? The, all these thoughts start swarming around your mind. And that's a sickness. The person's morale collapses. The, the metaphysical strength collapses. Especially if he falls in the hands of merciless health physicians or heartlessly unfair doctors. So imagine a doctor. Remember we said we want competent and pious doctors. And piety there also implies that this doctor is honest, is sincere, is not after money alone, but is trying to cure you, right? Knows what he is doing and, and feels responsible before his Lord. But if this uh, delusional person falls in the hands of a merciless, what is that he calls, health physician, then what will the doctor do? He will see, okay, perhaps this person is not sick, but there's an opportunity to milk him. There's an opportunity to milk him. If I tell him, you know, if I give him a placebo, and I don't know, a, an aspirin, for instance, and say, come back in a month and let me check you. Or, or if the doctor says, well, this is a sickness. This is really something that's going on. We need to pay attention to it. Come back in two weeks and then come back in another two weeks. And each time he goes, he's going to be charged. So especially if he falls in the hands of merciless health physicians or heartlessly unfair doctors, they further aggravate his delusions. If the sick person, if he is rich, he loses his property. And if that's not an option either, he cannot keep going to the doctors and paying money. Otherwise, he loses either his wits or, in the end, his health. He will lose his health, actually lose his health, because horrible things are going around, going about. He is being stressed out, and stress is a cause of sickness. 21. Deva, the 21st remedy. A hasta kardeş. Senin hastalığında maddi elem var. Fakat o maddi elemin tesirini izale edecek ehemmiyetli bir manevi lezzet seni ihata ediyor. Oh sick brother. Yes you are sick. I understand that. But again we are trying to see the good in all circumstances. Oh sick brother. There is material pain in your sickness. You are hurting. I feel that. I see that. I acknowledge that. There is material pain in your sickness. However, now this is the good that you can find in this, or this is one of the goods that you can find in this because we went through many others. An important metaphysical delight, 
pleasure that can eliminate the effects of that material pain encompasses you now sometimes when we are in a state of bliss and joy and you know, delight and pleasure even though there is something that is bothering us in a little headache perhaps or perhaps we were pricked in a, in a finger and there is some pain going on there right we can we, we forget that when our mind is not paying attention to it and when our mind is elated in a state of bliss somewhere else it can forget it it can cover up the perhaps the pain is still there but it will be covered up right so Ustad Nursi is saying that there is something to cover up the material pain that you are having there is an important metaphysical delight that can eliminate or cover up the effects of that material pain and that metaphysical delight is encompassing you all around you surrounding you çünkü peder ve validen ve akraban varsa çoktan beri unuttuğun gayet lezzetli o şefkatleri senin etrafında yeniden uyanıp çocukluk zamanında gördüğün o şirin nazarları yine görmekle beraber çok gizli perdeli kalan etrafındaki dostluklar hastalığın cazibesiyle yine sana karşı muhabbet tarane baktıklarından elbette onlara karşı senin bu maddi elemin pek ucuz düşer. So what is that metaphysical delight that is surrounding you? Why is there a metaphysical delight? What does that Nursi mean by this? This is because that that delight is surrounding you because if you have your father, your mother and relatives, their utmost delightful, com delightful compassion that you have long forgotten. So this is an adult. At some point he was a child and his parents were hovering over him. They were taking care of him and taking him to places and they always had this compassion and we, that is in the, uh, in the in in our nature in our futra in our uncorrupted nature when we see a baby we are filled with compassion when we see a small child we are filled with compassion when we are around our own children we are filled with compassion our attention turns to them we want to do things for them and this is a a uh, an instinct a feeling that God puts in our hearts and through that instinct through that uh, emotion he takes care of the young so we may think you know my mother took care of me well your you, God took care of you through your mother if it were not for that compassion that God put in the heart of your mother nobody was going to take care of you but he did put it in the in the heart of your mother or your father or your relatives or your relations whoever right God put that there and therefore you were taken care of but now that you're adult now that you do not seem as needy you look you know powerful and invincible and healthy and whatnot and you are able to take care of your own needs why should they do it while you can do it that's what they start to feel they don't feel like I should do this for my child I should do that for my child but instead they start to think and feel okay my child is now an able-bodied person and he or she should do things for himself or herself there is an element of compassion in that too because they want you to be able to take care of yourself they know that they will not be there forever and they want you to learn to take care of yourself but still they are not taking care of you the way they used to take care of you when you were a small child but there was pleasure in that there was a lot of pleasure in that if you have your father 
your mother or relatives their utmostly delightful compassion that you have long forgotten becomes awakened around you and you see those agreeable gazes that you used to see in your childhood once again. Furthermore, being attracted by sickness, many friendships surrounding you yet have become hidden and veiled turn to you once again with love. You had friends, you were you know, hanging out together and so on and so forth, but life intervened, everybody got busy and perhaps did not really forget about one another but became heedless to one another's presence. But now that you are sick, all of a sudden everybody stops and says, oh, my friend is sick, let me go visit him. Now he needs me and the love that is in their hearts brings them to you and you see them again, they surround you again, they help you again, right? MashaAllah, life, life becomes uh, joyful when you see this and think about this. And your material pain is indeed a very cheap price to pay in return for these. To pay in return for seeing the compassion of your father, mother, relations, and the love of your friends, that sickness becomes an occasion for all of these to re-emerge. The material pain that you are having is indeed a very cheap price to pay in return for these. Hem sen müftehirane hizmet ettiğin ve iltifatlarını kazanmasına çalıştığın zatlar hastalığın hükmüyle sana merhametkarane hizmetkarlık ettiklerinden efendilerine efendi oldun. Now there's another uh, delight that you can find in this. Moreover, now that the sickness rules the people that you proudly served and tried to earn their favors. So what was the rule before? Before the rule was that they are your elders, they deserve your respect, and they took care of you when you were a young child. Now it is your duty to take care of them, right? And this is a uh, something that pleases God. If you want to earn God's pleasure and contentment, you need to serve them without even saying oof, right? Without any complaints and and uh, outbursts and so on and so forth right that was the rule because you were now an able-bodied adult and they are your elders but the, the the rules changed now you are sick now that the sickness rules the people that you proudly served and tried to earn their favors serve you mercifully because again you are needy and the mercy and compassion not in their hearts is awakened and you became a master of your masters and of course here we do not think about when we, when we use the word master we do not think about a slave master relationship no you became master over your masters that is now they are serving you hem insanlardaki rikkati cinsiyeyi ve şefkati nev'iyeyi kendine celbettiğinden hiçten çok yardımcı ahbap ve şefkatli dost buldun so another delight that you can find in this moreover out of nowhere you found many helpful beloved companions and compassionate friends as you attracted toward yourself the human feelings of tenderness and compassion toward one's kind so humans have these feelings again the way god puts compassion in the hearts of mothers and fathers for nurturing the young god puts compassion and and send feelings of tenderness in the hearts of people for their own kind for other human beings or f for 
fellow village men or fellow citizens or fellow whatever there is a sense of tenderness that a conception of fellowship awakens and sickness is a reason for that to be energized or activated now that it is activated many friends many companions that you did not even think that they were your friends now come to you you become the center of attention hem çok meşakkatli hizmetlerden paydos emrini yine hastalıktan aldın istirahat ediyorsun so yet another delight that is that is going to show us moreover from your sickness you received an instruction to take a break from many difficult tasks so you were busy you were working and you had lots of things to do life was burdensome you had to labor and sweat but now that you are sick you received an order you received an instruction before the instruction was work hard finish this work complete that task get up early in the morning be you know at wherever you have to be in time and so on and so forth but now that you are sick you received an instruction to take a break from many difficult tasks and now you are resting elbette senin cüz'i elemin bu manevi lezzetlere karşı seni şekvaya değil teşekküre sevk etmelidir so there are all these metaphysical delights of course in the face of face of all these metaphysical delights your minor pain should lead you not to complain but to thanks it is the excuse for the activation of all these uh, relations of compassion and attention and mercy and friendship and so on and so forth so well there may be a little bit of pain but it's a cheap price it should lead you not to complain but to thanks 22. defa 22nd remedy Ey nüzul gibi ağır hastalıklara müptela olan kardeş O brother who is afflicted with heavy sicknesses like paralysis uh, In some of these remedies Ustad Nursi talks about particular sicknesses uh, Those who have been listening to these episodes may remember that we talked about cataract uh, you know the eye becoming blinded Here in this remedy he will talk about paralysis because it is it, it has a special aspect to it he will point that out or brother who is afflicted with heavy sicknesses like paralysis evvela sana müjde ediyorum ki mümin için nüzul mübarek sayılıyor first of all i am giving you the glad tidings that paralysis is considered to be blessed for believers so it is not any sickness it there is a blessing in it but why how do we know bunu çoktan ehli velayetten işitiyordum sırrını bilmezdim. I had long been hearing about this from saintly people yet did not know its secret. So there's a secret in it and saintly people who receive openings from God and become privy to the hidden aspects of things who have unveilings before their uh, inner sight and therefore see the reality of things and the aspects of things that are not visible in the sensory visible realm that we live in right so some people that Ustad Nursi have known to be saintly people have told him look paralysis there is a blessing in it but they did not explain why so he says 
Bir sırrı şöyle kalbime geliyor ki, One of those secrets appears to my heart as follows. He thought about it and this is what came to his heart. Ehlullah, Cenab-ı Hakk'a vasıl olmak ve dünyanın azim manevi tehlikelerinden kurtulmak ve saadet-i ebediyeyi temin etmek için iki esası ihtiyaran takip etmişler. In order to attain union with the sublime real, in order to draw closer to God, in order to reach God's presence, then be saved from the tremendous metaphysical dangers of the world, and to attain eternal felicity, the people of God have followed two fundamental principles by choice. So the people of God, people who are drawn to God, right? In order to attain union with God, in order to be saved from the tremendous metaphysical dangers of the world, and in order to attain eternal felicity, they have followed two fundamental principles or two uh, fundamental practices by choice. What are they? Birisi rabıtayı mektir. Yani dünya fani olduğu gibi kendisi de içinde vazifedar, fani bir misafir olduğunu düşünmekle hayat ebedisine o suretle çalışmışlar. One is the contemplation of death or connecting with death. One is connecting with death. That is, they have worked for their eternal life. So these people of God have worked for their eternal life by thinking that as the world is temporal, they too are dutiful yet temporal guests in it. They are in this world and they have duties to fulfill, right? But they are not here to stay. They have recognized this and they have thought a lot about it and they have tried to cultivate a sense of the reality of that situation so that their heart is not attached to this world, to the ugly face, ugly aspect of this, uh, this, this, this world and turns to God. It can pull its hands out of the dangers of this world more easily. It sees the ugly side of those things that otherwise appear to be entertainment, appear to be enjoyable. Yes, there is a there is an enjoyment in that for the lower soul, but that is for the lower soul and it doesn't see ahead of itself. It doesn't see the future, the intellect, the heart, the, the uh, conscience, all of these, the spirit, all of these want eternal bliss, not temporary enjoyment. And there is a lot of danger in temporary enjoyment through which the world attracts us to its dangers. So these people of God have tried to connect with death and see the reality of the temporality of this world better so that they can save themselves from those dangers and worked for their eternal life. İkincisi, nefsi emmarenin ve kör hissiyatın tehlikelerinden kurtulmak için çilelerle, riyazetlerle nefsi emmarenin öldürülmesine çalışmışlar. And then the second uh, fundamental principle or practice is that in order to be saved from the dangers of the evil commanding soul and blind feelings, they have worked to kill the evil commanding soul through solitary retreats and regimens of abstinence. For instance, they retreat to a cell for 40 days without seeing anybody, eating only, only a little bit of food and spending the entire time through the remembrance of God. 
right? So these are practices that uh, that Sufis, especially Sufis, or people of God, because before Sufism was institutionalized as a discipline, right? There were some people of God. There were the companions of the Prophet. There were the followers of them. There were the followers of the followers and, you know, following generation. There were people who practiced these things without it being named, right? These are all people of God. These are all saintly people. They have cultivated and developed and cultivated these practices in order to save themselves from the dangers of the evil commanding soul retreat abstain uh, perhaps deny the evil commanding soul some of the pleasures that it get, got used to so that you can wean it off of those pleasures the way you wean a baby off of nursing the the evil commanding soul if it is fed with the same kinds of entertainment and worldly pleasure every day it will become used to it and it will ask for it and it, it, it will start to feel enti entitled to it so you want to you need to break that sense of entitlement and that happens through you know, retreats and abstinence various forms of retreats and abstinence and there are many techniques that uh, that that teaching masters you have developed for this purpose so one is connecting with death and the second is these techniques of sultry retreats and regimens of abstinence and so on and so forth these are the two fundamental pr principles and practices that people of have people of god have developed and implemented in order to draw closer to god in order to save themselves from the dangers of the of the world sizler ey yarı vücudunun sıhhatini kaybeden kardeş sen ihtiyarsız kısa ve kolay Mesele bir saadet olan iki esas sana verilmiş ki daima senin vücudunun vaziyeti dünyanın zevalini ve insanın fani olduğunu ihtar ediyor. Daha dünya seni boğamıyor, gaflet senin gözünü, gözünü kapayamıyor. You and the likes of you, O brother who has lost the health of his body. So we started by addressing a brother who is afflicted with paralysis, right? When paralysis comes, a part of the body is not functional any longer. It may be half the body, it may be less than half the body. Ustad Nursi is using this as an example. Oh, brother, who has lost the health of half of his body. Without your choice, you do not choose this. So in, in when it comes to Ahlullah, when it comes to people of God who are trying to accomplish drawing to God and saving themselves from the dangers of the world and so on and so forth, they, by choice, impose those restrictions on themselves connect with death and also follow a life of abstinence and retreat and so on and so forth they do it by choice but you perhaps perhaps you did not have the willpower to do that perhaps you were going in a wrong direction uh, or perhaps you were not able to fulfill what god had uh, in store for you perhaps you were destined for genital for the highest level of paradise Perhaps that was the case, but you were not able to get there by yourself. You were not making the right choices. Without your choice, two fundamental principles that are short and easy causes of felicity, two fundamental principles that are short and easy causes of felicity have been given to you that the state of your body continually reminds about the world's transience and that man, that man is temporal. So these this situation is given to you, right? And in this situation, your body continually reminds you about the world's transience. So what was the first principle? Connecting with, with death. Your body is now continually reminding you that death 
is real. Half of your body died. If half died, you know that the other half will also die. You knew this already intellectually, but you did not realize it. It was not having the necessary impact that it, that it could and should have in your actions and thoughts and very being. Now half of your body is dead. It is dawning upon you that the other half will also die without your choice. Two fundamental principles connecting with death and retreating that are short and easy causes of felicity have been given to you that the state of your body continually reminds about the world's transience and that man is temporal. Daha dünya seni boğamıyor, gaflet senin gözünü kapayamıyor. The world cannot drown you and heedlessness cannot cover your eyes any longer. Perhaps that was the case. You were drowning in the hustle and bustle of the world. You were drowning in the thousand tasks that you had taken on yourself, although perhaps 90% of those tasks were not really necessary. You had started to forget about what is really important. You had started to lose your ability to distinguish right from wrong, important from insignificant. Heedlessness, perhaps, had started to blind your eyes. That's no longer. The world cannot drown you and, the, and heedlessness cannot cover your eyes any longer. Your eyes are opened. You are now recognizing the insignificance and transience and temporality and evil face of the world. Ve yarım insan vaziyetinde bir zata nefsi emmare elbette hevesat rezile ile ve nefsani müştehiyatla onu aldatamaz. Çabuk o nefsin belasından kurtulur. And of course, the evil commanding soul cannot deceive a person in the state of half a human being. So half of the body is gone, dead, right? lost its health. How will the evil commanding soul deceive this person? I want this, I want that, I want this, I want it, I want that entertainment, I want to go to this place and drink with my friends. Well, you cannot even walk. You cannot even get up from your bed. And you know that this world is coming to an end. And you know that going to that place and drinking with your friends is sinful. Is pre preparing eternal torment for you. Immediate reminder, immediate reminder. And also incapacitated from being able to perform that sin. The evil commanding soul cannot deceive a person in the state of half a human being with, with, with vile desires and the appetites of the lower soul. Thus, he is saved fast from the calamities of that lower soul. The lower soul, the compulsive, obsessive, evil commanding lower soul is a calamity. The Prophet ﷺ told us that it is the worst enemy for us. It is not Satan. It is not the attractions of the world. It is not friends who act like Satan. It is not any of these. It is the lower soul that we each carry between our two sides that is the worst enemy to us because it is compulsive. If we don't train it, or if we don't train ourselves 
to not heed it, not listen to it, if we do not strengthen our spirits and hearts to stand up against it, right? Then it will lead us to wherever it wants to go and, and the evil commanding soul, its name is evil commanding, right? Always commands evil. İşte mümin, sır imanla ve teslimiyet ve tevekkülle o ağır nüzul gibi hastalıktan az bir zamanda ehli velayetin çileleri gibi istifade edebilir. O vakit o ağır hastalık çok ucuz düşer. Now, if this is the case, in a brief period of time, so let's say a person had paralysis and usually that shortens life. And usually it comes toward the end of life at old age. Yes, there are people who uh, can have paralysis at a very young age, but usually it's at an older age. And that leaves a shorter period of time from the lifespan of the human being. And regardless, even if it is a young age and the person has a long life to continue to live in a state of paralysis, despite the paralysis, that's only from the point of view of this world. From the point of view of eternity, from the point of view of the complete lifespan that we have, which begins with the creation and does not end, that's a very short period of time to be spent in this world. Compared to the time that we will spend in the grave, and of course, uh, people's perception and exposure to uh, the conditions of that grave and the extent of the time span in the grave will depend on their state, on the state of their hearts and on the state of their uh, acts in this world. But if we take the average compared to the time period that we will spend in the grave, this life is very short. Compared to the day of judgment, this life is very short. Compared to the time that some people will spend on the bridge, Sirat, this life is very short. Compared to the, the, the accounting, this life is very short. Compared to time in, may God protect us, hell, or may God bless us with it, paradise, this life is very short. Regardless of what percentage of this life goes to a state like the one that Ustad Nursi is describing here, right? The, the person who has paralysis in a brief period of time with the secret of faith and with submission and reliance on God, a believer can benefit from a heavy sickness like paralysis, like the solitary retreats of the people of sainthood. So there are conditions, right? What are those conditions? One, this has to be a believer because that is the uh, the switch that turns the light bulb on. Without that, there is no, no electricity. Without that, there is no benefit. With the secret of faith and with submission, yes, you are um, confined to a half-functional body. But are you going to rebel against the one who at the first place gave this body to you from nothing and second continues to give the other half are you going to look at the half empty cup although you did not deserve anything in the cup at, at the you know first place anyway right or are you going to submit and say this is my lord's decree this is what he willed and whatever he does he does beautifully whatever is his decree is what is best for me I am living in the reality that he's, he created 
and reality is beautiful right so with faith with submission and then with reliance on, on god i i expect the best from my lord yes i am paralyzed yes i am this yes this yes that yes there are all these things that are that may be happening to me but but in the end i know that he is the one who is giving it and he is wise he is merciful he is gentle he is generous and whatever is happening is coming from him and therefore it must be good i may not see its beauty in the bigger picture but i know that the big picture is beautiful those who as we talked about before those who lose their eyesight for instance when they wake up in the hereafter and are given the kind of eyesight that they will have and those of us who don't lose our eyesights in this world are not going to be given the blind of this world will say alhamdulillah praise be to our lord what a what a good blessing and what a cheap price that i had to pay for this those who are restricted limited in this world from various blessings that other people have if they meet it with faith submission and reliance they will have incomparably better versions of whatever they lost in this world therefore in a brief period of time with the secret of faith and with submission and reliance on god a believer can benefit so that's the benefit benefit from a heavy sickness like paralysis like the solitary retreats of the people of sainthood the people of sainthood are trying to achieve something with their solitary retreats and regimens of abstinence and so on and so forth and perhaps in each let's say 40 day solitary retreat that they are going through they are able to achieve one degree of uh, elevation on their path to the sublime real a sick person can much faster achieve it because because you know it's, it's not his choice he's confined to to to where he is and he is in a is in a state of absolute neediness the person in solitary confinement at any point can walk away and of course there is a uh, reward for that willpower for exercising that willpower too but this person is absolutely needy and neediness neediness is what attracts mercy the emptier a person's cup container is the more uh, space he or she has to for for the lord's mercy to fill when this happens when a sick person heavily sick like paralysis or some other kind of sickness that that uh, incapacitates the person right when this happens that heavy sickness becomes a very cheap price to pay when that sick person can with faith submission and reliance turn uh, his sickness into an opportunity of for benefit when that happens that heavy sickness becomes a very cheap price to pay alhamdulillah i'm hoping that we will uh, finish this treatise in the next episode we have i think three more remedies to read and I will look forward to doing that inshallah subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim 
فآخر الدعواهم أن الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة